Hey there, and welcome to You Talk. We highlight stories of individuals across Canada and the diversity that can be found here. I'm your host, Ryan Funk. Several months ago, we talked with Shweta Rajan with Immigrant and International Women in Science Network. IWS Network is a non-for-profit group born out of similar but independent ideas from women who saw the need to provide support and mentorship to fellow immigrant and international women in the STEM fields. Since our initial conversation, IWS Network has hosted several events with plans for many more in the future. And Ryan, thank you for creating the space for me to come on board again at U Talk Radio and share a little bit about me and my organization. Uh, I'm Shweta Rajan. I am a equity, diversity, and inclusion consultant, the co-founder of Immigrant and International Women in Science, and uh, the founder of my consulting firm, Inclusion Advantage. I am really happy to be here with you all today. Of course, uh, it was it was a great conversation last time. Uh, we talked about yeah the the organization, some of the events, some of the concerns that we're seeing right now in the workforce, and it's been a couple of months since our last talk. So, how have things uh, been going? I know the there was a. Uh, uh, workshops and talks that uh the organization uh maybe we should yeah immigrant and international women in science kind of were uh were hosting yes uh you know as with so many other organizations um we had to rethink how we were structured and how we were going to move forward you know before the pandemic immigrant and international women in science was um you know we had about eight chapters across Canada. And one of the things that we did so well was uh, hold in-person meetings uh, across all our chapters. And so uh, of course, in the middle of a pandemic, we had to shift all of that and rethink about how we can translate that into a virtual setting. So we have moved now um, from in-person meetings to virtual meetings. During the pandemic, we did a really quick pivot and then, um, you know, took on Zoom <laughs> uh, as, you know, the whole world has discovered Zoom now. Um, and one of the ways that we still maintain that really wonderful space that we created for personal sharing is that at the end of most sessions now, we have breakout rooms where people can still connect with some of the, their local chapters and city leaders and form the niche networks that we are all looking to form. So we have been quite busy with our uh, presentations. We've had a full roster. We haven't taken a break any of the months. Uh, we kept our you know, meetings and um, commitments on pace. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been um, a wonderful thing to see how we as a community were able to respond to this challenging time. And you know, one of the wonderful things about virtual meetings is that it cuts down on commute times and makes our programs accessible not just to people who are in particular cities, but you know, anyone from across the world can now join. So if, uh, you know, listeners or people from Manitoba were interested in joining our meetings, they're more than welcome to. 
So that's one of the wonderful, wonderful um, advantages of going virtual. And um, we've certainly seen people, you know, uh, chime in from all different places as we've grown our, um, as we've pivoted towards having virtual meetings. Yeah, having those break off kind of uh, calls and rooms sounds like a great uh, advantage. I know one of the struggles I've heard from numerous people is just like when you have those Zoom calls, sometimes it can get a little chaotic, especially when you're trying to like have those more in-depth conversations afterwards. After it Yes, yes. I mean, you know, right from the start, our organization has always looked to create that really safe and brave spaces for people to have conversations, like real meaningful, deep conversations that connect. And uh, we, we uh, some of our learnings through this year has been about how valuable our community finds that and how, um, you know, we, we invite speakers all the time and, and they bring tremendous value to our organization and the topics that we discuss. Um, and the magic really happens in the breakout rooms and in these personal conversations where everyone feels that they are now have a space to contribute to and listen to others. So, um, yeah, that's uh, been great to see. And we've, we've definitely seen that more and more of our members are interested in having those conversations and connecting beyond um, just listening to a speaker um, and and gaining knowledge um, from their experience and expertise. The accessibility that online provides is just uh, unmatched. So what are kind of the plans uh, moving forward? Uh, hoping to transition again into those er, uh, in-person meetings, you know, once <laughs> this, uh, yeah. this pandemic has all <laughs> disappeared? Or, or have there been conversations around, you know, a potential hybrid model to, you know, continue to allow people to attend who might not be able to, you know, take part in that transit? Again, from, you know, from an accessibility perspective, as you've mentioned, we are looking to maintain our Zoom meetings because, you know, even in like in cities like Vancouver or Toronto, whenever you, if even if you're holding meeting in one place, the fact is that, you know, many moms or many people, uh, other women can, cannot attend the meetings because there's such a big commute time and there's childcare issues and things like that. So, we're certainly leading towards a hybrid model moving forward so that we can continue with making our programs accessible to people across Canada. That's always been our um, goal to have as many people engaged um, as possible in our programs and provide community and support to whoever needs it. So yeah, we are. We will definitely not move away from in-person meetings, but we are looking to see how we can integrate uh, the accessibility of the online format and the, the, the community and the connection um, of having in-person meetings. So we're, we're looking at creating a bit of a hybrid model moving forward. You need to adapt in order to, you know, meet the, the most demand. That yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so 
as an inclusion officer and, you know, making those safe places in the workforce to, you know, address discrimination and racism and all that, um, unfortunately, you know, over the pandemic, we've seen uh, the increase in anti-Asian racism. Uh, as an organization, have you been hearing about racism and hate and discrimination against Asians in the uh, the the workforce right now? Have those been conversations been taking place? We've certainly invited people. We made when this um, you know when the racial awakening uh, happened last year in May and the May early June. We as an organization made a commitment to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and we definitely held the space uh, for our community members to come and engage in these conversations. And what we are seeing is that um, there is, I mean, especially in Vancouver, uh, you know, hate crimes against uh, Asian communities have skyrocketed. And so what we're seeing so much is not so much of, you know, within the STEM fields, it's not so much that people are experiencing uh, discrimination related to the pandemic, um, but there is a rising concern around their own safety and the safety of their family members or elders or the vulnerable people that they might be um, caregiving for or, um, you know, who might be a part of their net uh, communities. And so there is a significant emotional tax that comes with being a part of a certain demographic, which is suddenly now being targeted. And what we are seeing is increased amount of stress and concern because of that. Yeah, like yeah, the pressure when you're uh, afraid of something that could happen to your loved ones in the community, huh? it, yeah. it, it's incredibly difficult to focus on your work. Yes, yes. And that's the thing, right? Like, uh, you know, I am brown and I know for a fact that right after 9-11, it was uh, when I was in the States, there was this just sudden awareness of my own skin color that wasn't there just a few days before that. And so, and then there is, there is this, and you're suddenly, you have, there's no place to hide. You can't hide the way you look or, you know, how you are seen um, as, a, as often is in the case of when you are, when it's a, you know, when you're, it's a, when it's so visible, like your race, your gender, your um, physical disabilities are some of the things that are very obvious. There's no place that, that you can get away from them. And so, um, there is this extra layer of nervousness and stress and tension that comes with it, um, you know, that does take away from um, being able to be productive at work or, you know, doing your best work. Uh, and so, um, yes, that, that's, that, that is a significant concern and uh, that is happening. And so, um, so many organizations are working towards creating supportive environments for um, their people. Um, and uh, yeah, and those are the companies that, you know, as we go through this pandemic are going to 
see more people be retained and um, have more resilient and trusting teams because, uh, you know, it's a very reciprocal engagement. Like when you give, when you trust, when you create a kind of a safe space for your um, community, your uh, workspace to feel supported, then those communities thrive yeah and your workers will like um stay with you and have that loyalty because they know you'll watch your back yeah and you know the thing is that you know as our history as human beings on this planet you know our biggest advantage is the fact that we thrive in communities right like when you at us and what differentiates us as a species from all different uh, um, communities and beings that inhabit this planet with us, it is the fact that we are so awesome at communicating with each other and leaning and supporting and working and collaborating. These are the ones that have distinguished us from other um, beings and had us just skyrocket as a species in what we've been able to accomplish on this planet. And so when, and then from that, think about this, the pandemic and how all of us are in a sense forced to be, to live in isolation, to live by ourselves, to live in, you know, without communities, without connection, without, um, you know, just looking at smiles on each other's faces, uh, all these small things that create connection and community are now taken away from us. And we are seeing the deep impact of that. And so um, what makes workplaces and communities thrive is the fact that we lean on each other. Um, and that's that's been the biggest thing that I've seen in this pandemic is that when communities are thriving, they have already systems in place where there has been trust and there has been connection and there has been, um, you know, loyalty in a sense uh, built from the get-go. And those communities are thriving right now, uh, even in the middle of this pandemic. It's not that they don't have challenges. It's just that they have the basic foundation that allows them to come through this challenge that we are all in with resilience. Uh, Eventually, there's going to be kind of a rising from the ashes sort of moment where Mm -hmm. we can finally have that collaboration and and community in full force again. Yeah. uh, Thinking about it now, uh, from my perspective, it's definitely I definitely took um, socializing and, and you know in person collaboration for granted, and it's something I've missed dearly <laughs> during this time. And yeah, maybe um, coming out of this, everyone will will feel incredibly grateful to have these opportunities again. And as a community, all of us can you know thrive and you know find success in our. Uh, opportunities and jobs and employment. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the same thing, right? Like it, coffee chats and, and you know, um, high fives and, 
you know, birthday parties or like the donuts that were brought on because we were celebrating someone's birthday or, you know, all of these things were taken for granted and taken for, um, you know, almost considered like many organizations have considered that a waste of time and, and you know, taking away from the productive work that we do. And I think the learning has been that without that, it is so like it's impossible to be creative. Yeah, your your production goes yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your production yeah. goes down. So yeah, yeah. When, when you when you're depressed, like you don't want to yeah. work. <laughs> you don't want to work. Yeah. Um. So that's the thing, and that's the thing. That's like the. Uh, I know we are all not going to take that you know the next time someone invites us out for a coffee we're all going to be like yeah let's go let's go <laughs> let's do this yeah uh anyways there's uh panels coming up that are sound super exciting you have the one discussing uh you had one that just came out the discussing equity diversity and inclusion in different workplaces uh how did that go and how did this all kind of come into place you know this is such a key topic, right? We've seen in this pandemic, especially that it's been called a session. We've seen that women have been, uh, have borne like a really big brunt um, because of their infrastructures around childcare and schooling has been completely ripped apart. And they are now working three jobs before they were working about two and now they're working three jobs. So it's, it's, there's been a big um, drop in the workforce. Um, so then, and we have seen from the perspective of um, race and equity that there is, you know, where we are and we still have a really long way to go. So this is, um, you know, this is something that all our members showed a strong interest in. Um, one of the ways that we think about what we are going to talk about next, in a sense, is you know many of our chapters reach in to their um, communities and people who attend and, and ask about some of the topics of interest and they propose some um, to see where people's interests are and this is of course as members of underrepresented uh, and marginalized communities um this was topic which was very relevant and of interest to our members um it went brilliantly as uh, you know we we have spectacular leaders who put together these topics and um you know, uh, bring in, we are generously supported by panel members who graciously offer us their time and their expert views. Um, and so um, this, this um, in the pandemic, one of the things that we did is that we uh, launched a YouTube channel because now these, uh, these meetings are held virtually, it's being recorded and it's available on our YouTube channel for people to watch whoever missed the meeting. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see so many people come to terms 
with where we are at and come together to look for solutions and see what others are doing, learn from them and look to, you know, as individuals and as organizations take this on. The Canada, the federal government of Canada has released the 5030 challenge as well to encourage organizations to participate in improving what their, um, what diversity looks like in their leadership teams and boards. And so um, there is a lot of interest in this topic. And um, yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was one of our... And there's a, another panel that's uh, coming up, uh, how to be a leader and how to develop leadership skills. So can you give us a, a quick, uh, quick uh, description of what uh, this event is all going to be about? At IWS, we call each of the chapter leaders or the national leaders leaders, and we were having this really interesting conversation around what does it mean to lead? You know, it, people have very different ideas of what leadership looks like, um, and we are hoping to have some disruptive conversations around changing uh, the norms around what we consider leadership you know, we've certainly seen that in this pandemic, right? We've seen really different styles of leadership. And one of the things that we've seen, whether it's Dr. Bonnie Henry here or other leaders in the public health sector across Canada, we've seen a very different style of leadership than what we generally think about. And we've, we've seen a different view of um, how leadership can come about and so we are hope we are looking to have some conversations around challenging some of the norms about what does it mean to be a leader and who do we consider leaders um that's what the topic's about and we are already have a great panelist to have these conversations around so um for people who are interested please feel free to join us. Mm -hmm. When does that take place? It is on March, uh, sorry, May, <laughs> May 27th at, uh, I think it's like 6 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. So it'll be 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Yeah, just mentioning about, you know, w what do we see, th think of when we just hear the word leader or leadership? Yeah, generally in like Western civilization, you picture the the tough guy like oh he's gonna he's gonna solve the problems by acting tough it's like no that that doesn't help with anything yeah and it's it's you know we've we've seen uh, that the traditional models of leadership um, one stop a lot of very competent capable spectacular people from being of service to others and, and contributing as they would wish to. But also um, there is this really big mismatch between who we um, say vote or, or, and I don't necessarily mean politically, but even in organizations who we uh, allow to progress to leadership positions as being either charismatic or, or, you know, really confident and, you know, loud and sure um, and things like these. And um, there, 
And it's not that these are necessarily bad characteristics, but there are other characteristics which have been underemphasized. And um, it serves, it doesn't serve the world that we are living into or moving towards to have these traditional models of leadership be the ones that we are constantly holding up. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things that we're looking forward to discussing in our next meeting. Yeah, help change people's mindset of who can help uh, lead their communities. That's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Yeah. So where can people like tune in to uh, listen to these conversations? How do they find out more? One of the best ways to find us is on Eventbrite. We uh, always advertise there. Uh, following us um, on Eventbrite is great. We also are on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. Um, we also have a mailing list. So, so many different forms to come and connect with us. Um and search, we have a website to make sure that you have access to all the information. So that is um, iwsnetwork.ca. How are conversations evolving around immigrant women and international women in the STEM fields? Uh, From our last conversation, it sounded like there was still a lot of work that needed to be done in the workforce for those with education to be recognized for both their education and their accomplishments and to get um, a job in their chosen field. There is still a lot of work to be done. This is a, this is a long time, deeply held, um, entrenched policies and practices that we are looking to shift. So uh, there is still a lot, there's still, it's been about, a few months since we last chatted. So um, what has shifted in that is that, you know, so the, the, the outcomes haven't seen, uh, haven't seen that much of a shift in the past few months that we've spoken. What has shifted is this growing awareness about some of our policies that we have, you know, certainly we've seen um, you, when we think about uh, one of the places that we've seen a really big shift is um, in understanding what international students bring to our our country, right? Like, I only saw that um, international students now couldn't be participate in our uh, in our universities anymore, and so suddenly there was this like big realization that many universities and educational institutions has to reckon with in understanding like, wow, they are a really big contribution to our education systems, to our communities, and, and you know, are a major force in making all of this happen. And so um, there have been shifts around perspectives around the education system and what international students bring to our, bring to Canada. And uh, especially within the STEM fields, um, which is always thriving. And the other shift is, of course, within the tech community, within the scientific community, um, and you know, engineering communities as well. Like, um, and understanding that, uh, I, I would say that the understanding was there before but really uh, a heightened awareness of this talent pool and and looking to see what are the structures and policies that can be put into place 
to change things. Um, there is awareness that things need to change. If we need to make, have better communities, then things need to shift. So that's what has happened over the past, pardon me just a minute, <coughs> in the past few months that, since we've had our conversation. Um, you know, a lot of organizations are taking on, are, are jumping on board and taking on equity, diversity, and inclusion as some of the core <coughs> tenants that they want to be a part of. Um, and really looking to see how can we harness this wonderful, wonderful talent pool, which is already here. Something we've learned uh, over the last year is just there's all these, you know, systemic issues that have been, you know, being really focused on and, you know, awareness is being brought of them. And yeah, things need to change and it's going to be a while because there's a lot that needs to be changed. You know, when I think about equity, diversity and inclusion, what comes to my mind is the pyramids, you know, I always think of that because people who built that pyramid, I just, I just imagine them. Uh, and I feel like we are in the middle phase. You know, there has been an amazing number of people who've already been working for decades, uh, you know, several decades on trying to create uh, social change and social justice. And this is not something that has happened today. This has been going on for ages, right? Like, um, I was just having a conversation with my partner's mom around how life was for her as a new mom, as a nurse, um, you know, uh, working part-time and the amount of vacation that was uh, parental leave that was available and what is available to us now. And at that time, you could only take uh, six months of parental leave, uh, including men and women. And as a nurse, you know, it, she went back to work after four months each time after she gave birth. And that's because two months, she took the two months before because she was, uh, for her, it was challenging to fulfill on the duties of what was, you know, on the physically demanding duties that were a part of her responsibilities as a nurse. So, and she had to, that was her life. And now I have, uh, you know, access to 18 months of parental leave with, that is shared between me and my partner. And that's progress that we've made in the past few decades. So for many people, the work of equity, diversity, inclusion seems like it's a new current thing, but we need to recognize the fact that a lot of people have been have been working towards this goal for a, a heck of a lot longer. Many of the things that we take for granted today were not available to people 30 years ago. So this is not new work. And the fact is that however much progress that we make in my lifetime, we will not end this work in my lifetime. I will not be reaching the perfect, I will not be the one who will be, uh, or my generation will not be the generation we will be, who will be putting the, building the top of the pyramid and, and putting the gemstone or whatever it is on the top. 
that's not, I recognize that that's not achievable in our lifetime. And there is, the pyramid will never be built if we all don't work towards it, right? So it's, it's the work of generations together. Uh, generations have worked towards it before us and generations will work towards it after us. And, and the hope is that, and, uh, and this is the optimist in me, is that as we move forward, every generation creates a world that the next generation uh, inherits and it is a better world than was left worse them, to them. Um, you know, and that's that's what I work towards um, when I am in this field. Yeah, continuing the work from uh, our, our predecessors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> continuing, yeah, just kind of starting the next, this is the next wave. Yes. There was a wave before, <laughs> we're working on the success that they saw, and now let's keep moving forward for next generations. Yes, yes. Fantastic. So um, we've talked a little bit about some of the upcoming panels and talks. Uh, what are some other things in the future of uh, international and or, or immigrant and international women in science? Well, one of the really exciting uh, projects that I have been uh, I, we've gotten uh, rollout on is uh, we've we've uh, established a partnership with. Uh, wonderful organizations out here and gotten access to some grant funding. Um, and we are looking to launch, uh, it's a very comprehensive program. Um, and, you know, stay tuned for what's coming up because this, this grant funding is going to allow us to really offer uh, deeper, more comprehensive, more meaningful resources to our community members as a part of IWS network. And we are very excited about this partnership. So um, I can't give all the information yet out yet because um, there's going to be a press release soon. So watch for this and stay tuned. Um, and yeah, uh, as an organization, we are super excited about it. Um, and uh, it'll be a great opportunity for um, underemployed, unemployed um, immigrant women who are looking for uh, to step up and, and contribute to their fullest capacity. It will be an amazing breadth of resources which are going to be available to them. And uh, we are looking forward to offering, uh, doing our part in offering um, the part of the program. If you have any stories you'd like us to share or communities we should highlight, leave a comment on our social media or reach out to us on our website. I'm Ryan Funk. This was You Talk, and have yourself a good one.